You're listening to Confident Chaos Podcast with Dr. Tiffany and Lawyer Lisa. Listen as we talk about anything and everything that you know to be your truth. On this week's episode, OMG, what is up with these OMG dolls? Dr. T weighs in on what healthy really means and what makes you feel good and look good. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, We've had some really great feedback, and I'm super happy. Everyone seems to really be listening, and we've had some, uh, a lot of comments personally towards like our Instagram messenger and email to us. And I wanted to touch on one thing I feel like might have come across not the way I wanted it to and was not my intention on the last episode. So I want to clear something up because I by no means ever want anyone to feel offended. Um, I made a comment last week about little people. And I want to clarify what I meant by that because by no means was my intention to um, make anyone feel like they are inferior for what they're doing as a job. And I actually think I made a comment about, I think everyone's actually very important uh, and everyone's job is important at different times. But what I meant by that really was, and I'll give you an example in my office, when sometimes patients come in and they start raising their voice or having an issue with my medical assistant when realistically the issue's with me. And I feel like sometimes people pick on um, people that, that work in places or employees instead of sometimes going to the higher uh, person who really has the problem. I don't know if I'm explaining myself appropriately, but that's, I did not mean little people in a derogatory way. I mean, and I'll, I'll tell you one of the comments that we had was from a paralegal. And, you know, she says sometimes the attorneys will come to her and kind of take their frustrations out on her when really, you know, she has nothing to do with what the problem was. And that's kind of the point I was getting at is, you know, treat everyone equally. Everyone deserves respect. And sometimes, um, you know, just be cognizant of, who you're talking to and that they're, you know, not necessarily the person that you should be taking your kind of bad day or issues out on. So I hope that clears it up. I think it clears it up a lot. I think we talked about also at the beginning of our podcast, how sometimes we say things and it might offend people, but it's not our intention to offend people. And obviously these are our opinions. So we say things as they come out of our minds and the way we interpret things and how they can relate in different aspects of life. But obviously we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And, you know, your comment could have been taken in a lot of different ways. And I understand. I mean, I understand a comment from a paralegal because I'm a lawyer. Right. And if someone's got a problem, I don't want them yelling at my assistant. I don't want them getting irate with my assistant. Just like in your medical office, I want them to come to me. I'm the boss. I'll take care of the problem. Don't take it out on the people that work for me because they're doing a damn good job. And I wouldn't be able to be as successful as I am if they weren't there to help me. So don't, don't get upset with them. It's not fair. I actually had a patient once that left my office because he was upset about something that happened at the front desk. And he went ballistic on my front desk girl. Oh and my he gosh. comes back like a, a year later. It's a true story. He comes back a year later and said, listen, I was out of line, Dr. Sizemore. I really shouldn't have acted that way. Will you please take me back as a patient? And I looked him dead in his eyes. I said, you need to go apologize to, you know, let's say her name Everybody was, who I'll worked say her name with was Lisa. You. But yeah, I said, you need to go and you need to apologize to Lisa. Because that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. And he did. And so I stood up for, for my him. person, you know, good for, him. good for him and good for me for, you know, you have to stick up for your own people. Um, so anyways, I just wanted to clear the air. I, you know, I, I don't think that most people took it that way, but you know, I don't my, my apologies to the people who did. And, and, you know, as you get to know me throughout, hopefully the years that we were doing this, hopefully, you'll realize yeah. that was not, not the intention at all. So anyway, well, moving, moving along to this week. So good on. Good I, point. I will start by um, saying we have these little dolls in front of us, Lisa. Yes. And these dolls. These are called what? Okay, so these dolls are OMG dolls. 
And for all you moms out there that have kids that are probably seven or under, probably females, you know, um, girls, this has become the new rage in 2020. These dolls are almost like the new version of Barbie. And I mentioned Barbie because I have boxes of Barbies in my house. And now we're starting to get tons of these OMG dolls. And in fact, my daughter just turned seven, May 1st, and all she wanted was OMG dolls. So I told her friends and our family, let's get some OMG dolls. I didn't research it really in detail to find out what these OMG dolls were, but these are dolls. So I was like, okay, they're great. You know, she can work on you know, find motor skills by dressing them and undressing them and putting on their cool outfits and their hairdos. Yeah, see, they're not wearing enough clothes for that. But to there's a problem. <laughs> there's a real problem with these dolls. And I want to point out to all the moms out there, these are the Barbie doll size version of the smaller dolls, which come in balls, which are called LOL dolls. The balls that pop out and there's all these surprises inside. Somebody in China developed these <laughs> OMG dolls, which are Barbie-sized dolls of the version of LOL dolls. Now, why are we talking about this? What is the big deal? Why are Tiffany and I so concerned about these dolls? Well, to begin with, these dolls portray some very important issues that affect society every day. And now it's 2020, May 2020, and I'm a little concerned that kids out there, especially my daughter in particular, thinks that these dolls are the way females should look according to their body and also the way these dolls should be dressing are acceptable forms of clothes in society. It's a huge problem. But let's describe these because obviously we're on a podcast, so let's describe them. I'm like itching. Them. I'm sitting here itching. I Please can't. describe to our audience, what are you looking at? Because I see these every day, but these aren't in okay. your this son's is, closet. This is why I'm a boy mom, okay? Because I can't even deal with this. And let's I'm going to go say ahead. I cannot even deal. So um, huge, okay, so big heads, big heads, Very right? Big heads. Okay, that's good. Maybe they have a big brain, fine. This particular doll has stark white hair it's not blonde it's stark white with some black streaking two-tone colored bangs blue eyeshadow purple eyes a lot of blush and she has this outfit on well you know big boobs big butt big thighs and a, and a waist that there's no way in hell that this could ever be anatomically correct so Never. and a million years so her makeup too did you mention her yeah makeup? yeah yeah the, the eyeshadow yeah not even like on her eyelids it's so like way above her eyes you know here's the thing these dolls are dressed in clothes where literally if I just barely bend the doll over it's just her whole butt sticks out with her sparkly green underwear she is I, wearing underwear though on the the actual doll itself does you know, come with listen, underwear on. Do, you do have to remember remember like when people had problems with barbies because they weren't anatomically correct yes. and every girl wanted to look like that yes. i'm actually going to go out on a limb and say i think this is probably worse i think it's worse too. because this and is obviously like i don't want to say listen there's some percentage of women who probably are born like this and they're very lucky women but i'm going to tell you and go out on a limb this is plastic surgery a lot of plastic surgery, I'm guessing. Which is fine. Again, not to offend. It's perfectly yeah, fine. But I don't want okay. all of our little girls to be thinking that, like, they're going to grow up and look like this. Or that there's anything they can do themselves, you know, as far as fitness-wise. To make their body look like that. The other thing that's really concerning for me is seeing these dolls. And keep in mind, just like Barbie, they come in an outfit. So you pick the doll that you want. They come dressed in an outfit. And then you can buy other outfits and accessories for the doll. But the outfit that they come out of the box in is kind of like their personality. And it's what they're 
preferred outfit or way they want to look is supposed to appear from the box. And the box, which I didn't bring, or it's too much stuff, actually. But the box actually has, like, a closet and hangers, and they put all their clothes in the closet um, when they, you know, when you purchase them. Your but, doll doesn't even have, like, straps. It's in a well, one-piece leather. My doll over uh, here, which we didn't discuss, um, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure her name, and I don't want to even say it because it's probably wrong, and my daughter would be really offended if I said it wrong. But this one in particular my daughter really loves. And like I said, she just turned seven. She has yellow and black streaks in her hair. And in this particular outfit, she's wearing a leather dress that is way, way, way too short and some really high heels that are not even appropriate. Well, here's my question. How but her you, boobs are hanging out as well as her butt. How do you, as a mom, right? So we're going to talk about mom. And, and, and I want to say, I think this is going to diverge onto a whole other conversation in a second. But how do you, as a mother, right, describe to your seven-year-old daughter that this is or is not normal, okay, um, I don't, I don't know. I just, I feel like I don't, I wouldn't want my seven-year-old daughter thinking that this is what, you know, adults or teenagers should look like. Oh, I don't want that either. And I didn't know when we bought all these dolls that this is exactly that they were going to be in leather skirts with their butt cheeks hanging out. And I can out, see why she likes it. I mean, they're colorful, parts, you know? right? Yeah, they're colorful and they have personalities and the boxes are really cool. But interestingly, as you mentioned that, so she gets this one out of the box and this one becomes her immediate favorite. We got about six for her birthday. This became her favorite. And she says to me, mom, can I get a dress like that? Oh, no. And my husband was there. He looked at the doll. I'm not going to tell you what he said, but I'm sure he was like really, really, really upset at the moment and didn't even know how to react. So I just told him to be quiet for a moment. And I decided to handle the conversation. So I took the doll out and I showed it to my daughter and I said, you will never, ever wear a dress like that. And if you do... I don't want to know about it. <laughs> and she was really upset. She didn't understand. I thought it was kind of funny, maybe not appropriate for a seven-year-old. But I'm like, no, you don't wear clothes with your butt hanging out. You don't wear super high heels like that. And your boobs should not be coming out of the top of a dress. I mean, it's sexualization. Also, it's a little bit of a problem. It's really, really a problem. And the bodies on these girls, you know, she takes the dresses off. She plays with them and stuff. It's a it's offensive to me because this is not real. Like you said, this is most likely plastic surgery. And why would a girl at age seven want to be looking at a doll and strive to have that body shape and that body style when that's not possible without her body being cut and some serious plastic surgery? Well, I surgery? feel like it leads to the conversation of, you know, normalcy and that normalcy is different, right? Sure. There's different versions of normal. There's, there's some people are thin. Some people are a little heavier. Some people have brown eyes. Some people have blue eyes. Some people have big boobs. Some people have little boobs, right? Yeah. And it, 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 I mean, I think the upside is that it can, you know, potentially point towards a conversation of difference, you know, obviously different, you know, everyone's got different body types but I just the yeah my, but these dolls all come out of the box with the same body right shape, right and, and which I don't and, like and that. are they striving to look that you know and I think yeah. Barbie now has like there's like heavier Barbie Barbie's really Barbie, cool I'm, I'm impressed with Mattel yeah honestly I mean they came out with three different sizes of Barbie and you know the girls see the bigger the bigger Barbie and they're like what's that and I say well both my girls that's a different body shape and that's okay she's not necessarily fatter or heavier than the other ones that's just how she was born right. that's her body shape and that's okay so there's nothing wrong with that so then we point to this topic of um what's healthy 
right? Right. And, and a healthy normal. and help, but healthy in terms of thinking for for a kid and for adults and for everybody. And I'm going to get into for the from the medical side in a second, but sure. you know, understanding that there's different versions of healthy, right? And then there's very obvious versions of unhealthy. And I think that that's a very good point to touch on. And that's yeah. And I, I want to talk about that, but just to cut you off for a moment. I think it's important too because I'm not a doctor. Right. And I don't have the most healthy routine going on right now. I'm working on it. I'm striving for that. But I'm not necessarily your textbook healthy person. And I think I have, I'll talk about it in a minute after you talk about the medical side of it. But I have a perspective that's, you know, the normal everyday person, which might not fit into the exact version of healthy or what your doctor is going to tell you in a consultation. Well, this is what's healthy. So why don't you talk a little bit about what you see in your office and how you try to talk to your patients about this stuff? Well, you know, we were talking about it a little bit beforehand and, and we, we use this term BMI, which is a body mass index, right? And it was People hate that word. I know they hate it. But, you know, you have to remember... I, I, when, we, when we're in medicine, we talk about things called guidelines, okay? Sure. But if we take the actual definition of a guideline, it is a guideline. It's not a definite, this is the way it has to be done. It's not a black letter it's law not, or right, the it's black, black line and white, issue. right? So it's a guideline that's something that you should be thinking of in the back of your head when you're thinking about how to treat something, how to diagnose something, how to whatever, right? So and a, a basis for a doctor, right? On a basis to for a doctor. To make a determination. Correct. Correct. So when we talk about BMI, for instance, and so you want to think about your normal kind of bell curve, right? So the, the vast majority of population should sort of kind of fit in the middle and it tapers off towards the left and it tapers off towards the right. Right. So when we talk about BMI, if you just imagine that curve in your head, where the majority of people would fall would be the middle of the BMI chart. Okay. Okay. So sure. If you take me, for instance, right, I'm like five, five and a half, five, six. So my, if you look at a BMI, what is a quote unquote normal BMI, it ranges approximately 40 pounds. Okay. So it's my current weight minus about another six pounds. And I could go upwards of another close to 35 pounds from where I am. That's now. a lot of weight. It's a lot of weight right now. My point to that is just because you're a little over or a little under on either side of that bell curve does not necessarily, should not necessarily ding you as, well, you're unhealthy or you're too healthy or you're, there's such thing as too healthy, but you're unhealthy, right? right. But I think people hear that and they but freak out if they're not in the curve. Correct. But it's something that should be used as a guideline, right? So if your BMI is, you know, 30 is considered obese and let's say you're 31, that's where the doctor stands back and looks at you. Do you have a lot of muscle? Listen, a bodybuilder is going to have a high BMI, period, end of story. Should be, yeah. It's going to be over 30, right? So it, that's where the physician takes this number and then stands back and is a true clinician and looks at the person, looks at what they do, looks at their, you know, th their muscle tone. Do they have maybe a bigger belly than what they should have or whatever? And that's right. how we tailor our recommendations. So, And that's how you talk to the patient about what they should or shouldn't be doing and healthy correct. habits for them correct. to start working correct. into, right? Now, if someone has a very high BMI, right? Sorry. If someone has a BMI of, you know, 50, that's not healthy. Period. What End does that story. mean? What does that mean that from a doctor's it's a high, perspective? You have a significantly higher risk of diabetes, blood pressure problems, heart attack, stroke. You name any kind of chronic medical illness with the exception of cancer, really, even though there's maybe some studies tied to that as well. That could lead to death, right? right? right. Worst case scenario. So, so that's, that's where the, you know, there's, like I said, there's variations on healthy. And then there's some categories where unequivocally that's not healthy. Right? right, because sure. I personally, in my in my career, have never seen a morbidly obese elderly person. Okay, elderly meaning over like, sixty five. Well, yeah, that what seventy, seventy five years old. Right, so because they probably would have passed away by then. Right, right, right. So, 
So going back, you know, when we talk about body image with these dolls and with everything, in my opinion, and this is what I tell people all the time, do not mistake body image for health. They are two very separate entities. I think everyone should feel like they're beautiful. I think everyone should look in the mirror and be happy with what they see. I think everybody should have good body image and be confident and feel like they can take on the world. Every single person. But that does not equate to health, unequivocally. Well, I hear you saying that, and my doctor personally has said similar things to me as far as how that should be interpreted. But, you know, we also talked a little bit last episode about perception being reality and, you know, each person's reality. So I think it's hard for the person that's trying to figure that out because they might think, Tiffany, that they are healthy. They might feel really good and they might assume that they are really healthy without actually going into a doctor's office and having labs done and having a, you know, a full workup to find out what's going on. And I think people confuse that a lot with how they feel and what they look like. And then what is really the definition of healthy? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. I mean, I think, look, I think the definition of healthy is for your particular age, do you fit inside again that that bell curve of normalcy, right? So let's talk about high blood pressure for a second. You okay. can be super thin and have high blood pressure. 90% of the time, we don't know what causes high blood pressure, right? There are people that have my body habitus and I'm thin that are walking around that have rip-roaring high blood pressure and we don't know why. So that person has done everything they can do for themselves to be healthy, and they just got handed a bad genetic card with high blood pressure. You're talking right? about based on family history. Yeah. So, so you know what? What do, I, what do I say to that person? I'm sorry. You know, you might have to take medication, but you want to continue to try and be thin and, and keep your weight off because if not, it's going to make your current problem worse, right? Oh, understood. Yeah. But, you know, so again, it's, it's warding off. It's, you don't want to smoke. That could cause cancer. You don't want to drink too much. Hurts your liver and causes weight gain. You don't, you know, you don't want to have diabetes. You don't want to have high blood pressure. So for me, for my patients, it's doing everything within your current control. We call them risk factors. Are they modifiable or non-modifiable? Your non-modifiable risk factors are how old you are. Your non-modifiable risk factors is what your family history is. I can't control what happens no, to my mom, course. right? You but can't then you have your modifiable problems, right? If you are very overweight, that is a modifiable problem. The question is, is what is the root of that problem? Is it an addiction to something? Because that's, that's, that needs to be handled by a whole different set of yeah, issues, Yeah, that's a right? whole other subject for an episode. So, so my point is, is what is healthy? Healthy is it's mental health and it's physical health. And it's being active. Your body was meant to move. The human body was meant to move. It's not meant to be stagnant. We are not statues. We are on two feet for a reason. Sure. It is meant to get up and we are meant to move. And we are not meant to be very heavy. And I'm going to say, even super muscular where your BMI is maybe 33 and it's all muscle, to me, the human body was still not meant to be that big. The human body, there's, again, there's the bell curve of average and low average and high average. And on an individual basis, you could look at it differently. But at the, the root of it, we were meant to be sort of within this range of this normal. normal CFL Right, but it's the doctor's responsibility to look at the person and take it on a case-by-case basis. But the point I'm trying to make is if you come into my office and you are morbidly obese, right, you, have, you are carrying way more weight than what you should be carrying, and I tell you that you are not healthy, I'm not fat-shaming you. I'm doing my job. Well, <laughs> people hear that word, and you, you, know, you said the O word, obese, and people automatically assume a negative connotation to that word. I think everybody 
whether you are obese or whether you know someone who's obese or you hear somebody talk about somebody who's obese or you even hear somebody mention the word obese, like I said 10 times just now, (laughs) it's very offensive. People hear that word and there is such a negative stigma associated with even the subject of obesity that it really upsets people. And I want to talk about something you just said. You're, You're a doctor. So your job is to tell people not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear in order to keep them healthy. Am I right? Correct. So I'm the average person, right? I hear that, and that's damn hard to calculate in my brain. Not because I'm an idiot or I don't understand it, but I think about my lifestyle, and I think I'm go, 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 go. I'm constantly moving. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. You know, we talked about me being a busy mom. You're a busy mom. Lots of busy moms out there. You know, I'm working. I'm picking up the kids. I'm going to the grocery store. I'm doing all this stuff. You know, I'm not really cooking, but cleaning and helping out in the kitchen because I got, I already told you guys I don't cook. So I clean, I can clean pretty good, but it's hard, you know, it's hard to maintain like a really super healthy lifestyle. It's hard. It's hard for people. It's hard to people make a commitment that, you know what, I'm going to go to the gym 30, 40 minutes a day and I'm going to make it work or I'm going to work out of my house. It's hard, Tiffany. I agree with you. And I think, and look, and I've, and I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. I'm very, I'm fortunate that I have the help that I have and that I have the capability of doing certain things that I'm able to do. You're very fortunate. I'm going to say it again. But I feel like, you know, again, it's about, it's an individual basis. What can one individual do with the cards that they've been handed, with the life that they have to make changes that over time are going in the right direction, right? What do they say, YOLO, you only live once? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... We're on this planet for a a, short period of time. But going back to, I think it was episode one when I spoke about how I've given people prescriptions for for me time and alone time. Oh, yeah. Too much stress increases cortisol. Cortisol increases sugar, you know, sugars in the body and fat production and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, you see these thin people all the time having massive heart attacks. And, you know, a lot of times they're under undue extraordinary amounts of stress. So it's not all just physical health. Agreed. Or, and I'm going to mention a story which is close to, you know, my family, everybody who knows my family and friends. What about, you know, the people that work out like crazy, eat super good food, you know, they're constantly eating all organic and they're eating the, you know, the the food pyramid, you know, they're touching all the levels in the food pyramid. I know there's a technical name for it. I can't think of it at the moment. But they're, you know, they're doing everything the doctor ordered, you know, take care of all this stuff. And then you find out, you know, they're marathon runners or they're lifters, you know, or they maintain a very, golfers or whatever, maintain a pretty active lifestyle. And then you find out, like, very close friends of our family, they just drop dead. I mean, look at they're the guy They're like from walking the outside loser. and they just die. Remember the guy from The Biggest Loser, yeah. the trainer? He had a massive heart attack. The trainer. That the was trainer. training the people. So this is, where, yeah. this is why we talk about doing everything that you can do. Because there are some things that you cannot fix. Of course. Like that, my dad, my dad's best friend. I mean, he was a doctor, believe it or not. He was our childhood pediatrician. The man could not have been healthier. I mean, textbook healthy. He literally went outside to run and he did not come home from his run because he passed out and ended up dying. And it was horrible. But so the, the guy was healthy, so though. The, we it, know he it, was healthy. You know, it's frustrating because then some people say to, say to me in my office, well, I'm just going to die, you know, anyway. And you know what? what? Maybe. I well, don't some understand people, Some people say that. Like, well, like you know, I'm negativity? Gonna, yeah, I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm going to do whatever I want because 
whatever, I'm just going to die. I'm going to die when stories, I die? Yeah, they'll use stories like yours. Well, he was perfectly fine. And, but oh. that is not the normal no. case, right? No, and we know that. And everybody in my family knows that. But it's, it's, it's funny when people, people hear that. People don't want to be inside that bell curve when it, whenever it's convenient for them. Right? Oh, so, yeah. Pick and choose. Right. Yeah. Jump in, jump out. I mean, I had a patient last week in my office. I mean, the guy looked like a picture of health. And yeah. he had horrible, horrible, horrible heart disease and ended up with open heart surgery in his late 40s. Wow. That's, and that's not normal, right? That not early? normal. Thankfully, we caught it and he's going to sure. be fine. But the point is, is that you don't really know your true health, right? You what know, do you mean by that? Because like he was walking, walking around perfectly fine. If I had not done a particular test, we never would have known, right? I so understand. I tell people, I just want them to be as healthy as they can, given the cards that they've been given, right? right? Given the life that they're given, make the best choices that they can make for themselves. So if something does happen, what I never want my patients to be able to turn back and do, and when I say this, then they always go, wow, it kind of strikes people. I never want something to happen to somebody and then them turn to their family member and said, I could have done something to prevent this. Oh, boy. Yeah, that, that is what bothers me. So I tell people, hard. you take one medicine now or you take four after your heart attack. Pick. And well, they go, or, I'll take the one. You know? or, or, you know, you have situations, you know, very personal to me where you don't have that opportunity. You know, right. you don't have that chance to meet with a cardiologist or find out what's wrong or have that consultation like you're talking about where you sit there and you say, you know what? The, you have a problem. You actually go to a doctor, you find out you have a problem, and then you say, these are the things I need to do in order to correct the problem. And yeah, you only live once. I'm a firm believer in that. You know, we can't control our destiny. That's probably a subject for a whole another podcast. But you want to be as healthy as you can on the planet. But it's the people that, A, ignore it. Right. They get the advice and they ignore it. Or B, the people that just don't ever get the advice because they don't want to hear it for whatever reason. Right. And then, like my mom... You know, you just go to sleep one day and you don't wake up yeah. and you never have that opportunity to say, what if, what could I have done? What should I have done? And then unfortunately, like in my family, you're left with all these questions. What happened? How can this change? What can we learn from that? And what did it come down to after, you know, a lot of research and figuring out from my mom's cardiologist and all of that, she had a really bad heart. Yeah. And if she had met someone like you, you know, she probably, I'm not saying she could have prevented her death, but she probably could have made some really important steps, taken important steps in her life to make herself healthier, you know, so which is important. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll share a story as well. So you shared the story with your mom. I had, this was probably about three, probably three years ago, two to three years ago in my practice. Now I had a, a woman come to me. She was very heavy. Very, and by very heavy guy, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very heavy. And she came to me with you know, typical cardiac symptoms. You know, she got short of breath when she walked. She had a little chest pain. So these symptoms were no different than any other patient that walks in my office like on any stuff, other textbook, textbook symptoms, right? Right. So after spending probably more time with her, I could tell that she was a little bit more sensitive. So probably after spending more time with her than I do any, most of my patients, I usually spend about 20 minutes. I was in the room for a good 45 minutes. That's a long patient. time for you then, yeah, right? A very a a long time. do you think, or emotional? Um, or a little both. of both, which okay. is fine. I mean, I'm used to that. I, I'm a cardiologist. People are very sensitive when it comes to their hearts, you know? And their, um, their lifestyle yeah, changes too. And what they should or shouldn't be doing in their day-to-day -day life. So we have, a, we have a long conversation. She tells me all of her symptoms, and I tell her all of the tests I'm going to order, which were no different than the test I would order on anybody else. Regardless. Okay? of their weight regardless of their weight she was it was her symptoms were her symptoms it was you know it, it was what it was but I did tell her I would be you know I would be remiss if I did not tell her 
that she had a lot of weight to lose. And we had, you know, I was going to work with her and we're going to do this and she needs to lose some weight. And I truly did think that a lot of her symptoms were probably driven from her weight. Regardless, I was still going to work everything up as if she was completely within, you know, a normal weight range. She heard weight and that word probably stung in her so, brain, do you think? It did. But, you know, to the point, I mean, her weight was so much that even one of the tests I wanted to do, I couldn't even do it because she was over the weight restrictions of that particular machine. So and even when I was trying. was that required for your. Yes. I mean, not for your consultation, well, I would say required, but for your but research it would, it would have been, to it diagnose? Would have, yes, it would have been the same test I would have ordered on anyone else with those similar complaints. Okay. And so my point was, is I'm trying to do what I need to do, I need you to get some weight off so I can do this test. And find out if she's okay. Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to figure it out. So no more than three hours later, I get a review online, like all capital letters. I'm a fat phobic doctor. I'm scared of fat people. I mean, these are her words. These are not my words. She threw out the F word. And I was very offended for a multitude of reasons. One, it's my job to tell people with not they, what they want to hear. What, what they what need they, to hear. What they need okay? to hear. This is, sure. th- I'm not talking about you're kind of off the bell curve. I'm talking about I would have had the same conversation if someone was 60 pounds when they should have been 120 pounds. No different conversation. You are unhealthy. This needs to be fixed. Regardless of whether and you're I, too you know, fat or too thin. And what bothered me right? the most is I feel like that's going to hold her back. And she is probably or might, might have already had a major medical complication because she didn't want to hear it. She didn't want to. So she, she could, was. It's not even wanting. She couldn't hear it. She couldn't. Okay. She so couldn't she hear shut it. you out completely. And you know, and I think I was probably upset because I. I mean, I'm telling you, Lisa. I spent 45 minutes trying to do everything I would normally do, plus spend extra 15 minutes in consultation. Like these are the reasons Explaining why. Explaining why. This is the problem. Sure, that's important. And it's very, you know. So this is. Where, it's probably a, for a whole other subject, but this is where I kind of start having some problems with the media. And this is my thing. Oh, because, well, the again, media and these OMG but dolls but and society's yes. version of what is the true perfect size? It's not about that. It's about, you know, I think people mistake loving yourself and feeling beautiful and feeling worthy with health. I agree They're with not that. the same thing, and they are not synonymous. I thought, she, actually, she was beautiful. She was a beautiful girl. I mean, beautiful eyes. Be- I mean, she was beautiful. But I'm not going to sit there and tell her she's healthy. Because she's not. And why would you tell her she's healthy? Right? And so God forbid something happened to her. Guess that's what? That's my problem. You're I getting mean, sued. I think, I think everybody should be put out. You know, we should have heavy people, thin people. You know, I mean, there should be... The, the, our society is very heterogeneous for a reason, right? All sure, different races, sh- all different sizes, all different... You know, we've got tall people, short people. It all, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. But to make it so much to where people are afraid, afraid to hear what they need to hear on, in times that they need to hear it, that's what I have a problem with. Well, that's, that's why, what I have a problem with. That's why I said that word, that O word. You know, we talked about the F word being fat, not the other F word. The F word being fat. And the O word, not to be confused with another O word, but <laughs> the other O word being obese. People hear that, and they're probably going to hear it on this podcast. And just the fact that we're using those words, it has such a high negative stigma. People hear that, and they just can't relate. They just shut down completely. And then we talk about people that have physical issues that then turn into mental health issues because of the fact that they don't want to hear it and you know what I'm going to go on a limb and say you probably were the first person that told her that in a long time she didn't want to hear you she might not have want to heard the other person telling her whether it was a friend or family member or another doctor and my god you know what you could have been the only voice in her head that potentially maybe could have saved her life I've told people they were too thin 
I've done the same thing. Like, like, oh, I don't really eat. I, you know, I'm like, no, that's not healthy. Like, you need you need protein in your body. Your protein is important. It's the building blocks. We need it to build muscle. We need it to heal our wounds. Like before surgery, I always tell people you need to drink and sure you need to have protein. Like that's what heals our wounds. I've had the same exact conversation with people that I thought were too thin. Well, this exact it's, same conversation. It's interesting though because I would say that the concept of obesity and you know people being fat, which is similar to being obese, is totally different than a person that is too thin or the people that battle severe eating disorders like anorexia or bulimia. I believe that society, especially in this country, not so much in Europe, I think it's different. I don't live in Europe, but just what I read about. But in the United States of America, I think people do not look at that in the same way. I agree with they you. They don't look at being too thin as a problem at all. In fact, it's almost in certain aspects of society you know modeling and things like that you know you lose your career if you put on a pound you're right you're done yeah you know you're off the runway or you're no longer going to be a spokesperson i don't know after these lol omg dolls we might be on a whole nother trajectory now (laughs) because those things are not stick figures no they're not they have very big butts (laughs) these are very big boobs these would fall definitely within the realm of a bell curve (laughs) i mean oh you would agree with a bell curve you know and these little kids see these dolls you know i want to look like that i want my body to look like that and the, the concept of health when you look at those dolls come on there's, uh, th- that's just crazy to me to think that that's necessarily healthy. It might be, but is it, you know, the definition of healthy? Again, I, I think. And how I, do we view those I think people? I think for, for everyone listening, and I really hope people are really listening, I just, again, I think everyone needs to be treated, like we said last week, everyone needs to be treated like a human. Everyone deserves respect. Everyone deserves to be, you know, be polite, be kind to one another, as Ellen DeGeneres says, right? Be kind to one another. Yes. But at the end of the day, I also want people to also look in the mirror and recognize when they have any sort of problem. Do you have a drinking problem? Do you have a drug problem? Do you have an eating problem? Do you have an eating do you, disorder? Do you right? have, do you, you know, do you do, use food for other reasons correct, besides right? to provide and, and protein I want, in your and then, body? And then I want you to have, to be brave enough and love yourself enough to know when you need to get help and ask for help and ask for assistance because then there's, they are, there are doctors like me. I promise, you know, yeah. I, I promise there are doctors like me who will hold your hand and walk you through the entire process to make you as healthy as what you can be for the cards you were given. But I want people, I always tell patients, I want you to love yourself enough to help yourself. Well, you're, you're talking about multiple concepts here. Obviously you're talking about a doctor's perspective of trying to help people. That's what you probably went to medical school for, right? Mm-hmm. You want to help people. You don't want to just tell people what they need to hear and push patients in and out of your office. You really, truly want to help people, especially as a heart doctor. You want them to be, as you know, you see all these slogans and stuff, heart healthy. But I think what you're talking about is difficult. I think it's hard for people to get to a place in their life where they can actually, first of all, in any aspect, obviously we're talking about health and, you know, um, your body and everything, other aspects as well, but to get to a point where they recognize I have a problem and I need help. That's hard. Oh, I think that takes multiple steps to get to that point. It's the hardest. I mean, look, I, you know how many people I tell to stop smoking and then they need to stop oh, smoking yeah. as yeah. if they need me to tell them that. And I yeah, look come at on. So I yeah. will look at someone I'm like, I will ask the patient, what am I going to tell you? And they'll look and at me. And make them say it. I need to stop smoking. I need to lose weight. Like, you don't come here. You know that already. Yeah, someone's got to make want, a copay to hear that. Now, if you want office. my help, I'm here to help you. But you didn't pay me for me to tell you that. You already know that. You're sure. paying me and you're coming to see me because you have finally looked in the mirror and said, I need help. And now I want you to turn around. Don't tell me what you already know. Tell me what you need from me. What do you what need from me? What steps do you need? What steps do I need to take? What to tools tell can you? you give me to help me? Right? So anyway, that's my spiel. Um, you know, 
Well, we talk about, too, about looking good, you know, and feeling good. I think that's important because, you know, you're talking about a bell curve. You're talking about BMI. We're talking about, you know, obesity and people that potentially might have eating disorders with anorexia. But looking good and feeling good, right? That's a little bit different than your textbook concept of health, right? So looking good, looking in the mirror and, you know, feeling like you, you know, looking good physically to yourself and then feeling good. So I wanted to talk for a couple minutes about feeling good. You know, what can you do to make yourself feel good? Like what, what can you do? I mean, especially right now, my God, I mean, in this quarantine stuff, God knows when we're actually going to be able to really get back into <laughs> some sort of normalcy for me. A pair what of makes heels, you feel good? Heels, heels. I like getting dressed up, putting on a skirt, High putting heels. on a nice shirt, putting on heel. Yeah. Why? You know, Why does that make you feel I good? I don't know. It just does. I feel, I feel empowered. You know, it's like the one thing I do that like, you know, like my husband's not going to do, you know, like, oh, yeah, I, he's not I get wear that. Heels? You don't get that. Uh, but <laughs> not right you know, now. He's not wearing heels, I, right? No, he's not. Not right now, at least. I don't think uh, my husband would either. Maybe but, another night. But, but I, think, I think, you know, someone told me when I was in my training in medical school, she, it was another one of my attendings, and she said to me, she goes, you know, when I'm having a bad day, I force myself to, like, get up and put on, ma- I don't put on scrubs that day. I, like, I that change dressed. the trajectory. Sure. But that's for me, right? So I feel good when I am dressed well. Dressed well. Yes. Well. I feel scrubby in scrubs. Scrubby in scrubs. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about lawyers for a minute, right? So we're supposed to wear suits. We're supposed to be dressed professionally, you know, a suit dress, a suit whatever. That's where I feel my best. That's my most. You feel like a powerhouse. My powerful moment. Sometimes, even though we're doing Zoom and stuff and the courthouse isn't physically open yet, at least in Broward, I'll get up in the morning and I'll put on a suit. I'll blow dry my hair. I'll put my makeup on. I'll put on some heels. I always have to wear heels. I'm on I'm super short we all know that and just put on a suit just to that's my man that's my outfit that yeah. is that's my boss moment listen you know these some women that are like man when their nails are did like oh, they yeah, feel you know like <laughs> that's that's their thing you know you and I have a problem with that but it's yeah. uh you know uh so I think it's different for everybody and I think you know so uh, you know we got to wrap up but I think that you know, to, to take everything home. I think, you know, everybody's different. Every body and every personality is different. Sure, I agree. And I think I just want people, again, like, love yourself enough to be honest with yourself. Love, a self, love yourself enough to take care of the only body that you have been given by God or whomever you believe in. And, um, you know, my, my, uh, my piece of advice for this entire podcast, if you're having a bad day, force yourself to do what makes you feel good because it will change the trajectory of the rest of your day or figure out what actually does make you feel good and then do it yeah that's good stuff rock it out definitely anyway all right well thanks everybody for listening hope it wasn't too much of a bummer of an episode (laughs) and stay healthy and stay grounded (laughs) 